Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm so blessed to be with my friend Hans Trezina. Hans, how are you, sir? I'm really well. You nailed my name, which not many people do. So that starts it off in a really good way. <laughs> well, I have to admit that I, I'm starting a little bit ahead of the pack because you coached me on how to say your name last time when I was on your podcast, which that's right. It took some work. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I do have a complicated name. If you look at it written out, you would, you would, you would be scared to try. <laughs> I know. Well, you actually, it was funny because just a little bit of behind the scenes. So, so Hans has a show called another way to play, uh, another podcast, another way to play podcast. And, uh, we were talking prior to the show and he actually sent me a little thing like, here's how you pronounce my name, which I really appreciate it. So it was very yeah. thoughtful. So, yeah, I've, I've had enough people like butcher it that I'm just like, I'm going to, I'm going to try and make this easy for you. But the one nice thing about it is, you know, when someone's calling as a telemarketer, cause they oh. go Hans and then they like, there's a pause and then they try and you're just, you know, no, don't, don't even try it. Like, let's move on. <laughs> well, let me just, let me just say, I mean, yes, you have a hard name to pronounce. My last name is Chesser. So it's pretty easy. But you will never believe, I mean, how many people mispronounce it. They'll call it Chester, you know, Cheezer. I mean, I get that one a lot. Cheezer. It's like, come oh on, guys. Gosh. Like, you got to take a take another, like, three seconds to read the name. But uh, anyway, with that said, man, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, man. Absolutely my pleasure. Um, really excited to, to be part of this and hopefully provide some value to your audience. Absolutely. And speaking of the audience, welcome back to Elevate Nation because it's time to take it to another level. This is our show where our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And this is where you learn the mindset, the habits, the routines, the systems, tools, strategies, and so much more. And really what drives you know the best of the best who can elevate to a life without limits so you can do the same and even more for yourself. And this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. And so if you appreciate what we're doing, we'd be super grateful if you hit that subscribe button, you gave us a rating, a review. It certainly helps us reach our message to more people. And you know what, it, what it's all about is about paying it forward and helping someone else because you know it's really kind of a compound effect from there. But you know, I want to go ahead and dive in and introduce you to my friend Hans here. And I've got a really fun bio to read you and I'm going to give you kind of the highlights and then I'm going to ask Hans to really kind of dive a little bit deeper. But in his 30 years on this planet, he's learned a few lessons that he applies everything to everything he does. The first is that all goals must be written down and visible on a daily basis. And I couldn't agree more. Uh, the second is that there's no such thing as an overnight success and consistent work is the only path to success. I couldn't agree more on that one as well. Finally, everything is the way it is because someone made it that way. So to understand mm -hmm. people is to understand the world. Totally resonates uh, with me and, and with Elevate Nation. Um, he's applied these lessons to his 12-year rowing career, culminating as a member of the 2016 USA Olympic rowing team. And uh, we're so proud of you there, obviously, uh, representing our country well. After the games, he had to descend from the metaphorical mountain he'd spent years scaling and end up feeling a little bit lost for the first few months. And searching for his next climb, he found real estate. And so he became licensed, you know, several months later there with a top 100 Wall Street Journal nationally ranked real estate team, the Gunderman Group. And, you know, they've done tons of business, uh, you know, over 180 million a year in transactions on average, average price mm -hmm. point, $1.2 million. And uh, they also, his wife and him also invest in out-of-state multifamily properties. And he's actively looking for his next few deals. So maybe Elevate Nation will stir up that next deal for you here. Um, and he wants to also share the fact that he, um, you know, he can, you know, the value of creating your own path and building a life of freedom through his podcast, which is called Another Way to Play, which we referenced just a few minutes ago. And he believes that if you trade your hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. 
So he brings inspirational and practical content to listeners at their own personal crossroads by interviewing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry experts on how to, you know, really achieve freedom in their lives. And uh, yeah, so there's, there's a lot there. And, um, you know, obviously we can go so much deeper. So Hans, tell me more about, you know, who is Hans behind the bio? Yeah, thank you. Um, who is Hans behind the bio? Like, uh, I, I want to just start off by saying that, you know, the titles that I have in, in written in that bio, like represent things that I've achieved, but definitely don't represent me on a necessarily daily basis. And what I mean by that is I am a guy, like I'm a person. I, I work hard. I put pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. Like I've just had the opportunities and some mentors and the people around me to, to push me into opportunities to be successful at the Olympic level in real estate and my marriage I've had. Um, and I've been able to take advantage of some of those. And I, and I, I say that and I want to open this up with that because I think it's easy to discredit someone when they're like, I've got 100 units and I'm 30 years old or I've got to the Olympics or I've got, you know, a million dollars. Or you're like, you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to tune out because this has nothing to do with me, right? Or I'm, I'm yeah. so far away from that, I can't resonate. And <clears throat> I just want to say that we all started somewhere. Um I started somewhere, you Tyler started somewhere and everyone listening started somewhere. So um, please don't let some of the accolades, you know, discredit what you're capable of and, and have you tune out from this episode because I think we can have a, a very real conversation about a lot of uh, a lot of that stuff. So anyways, I'll get off the soapbox and get back I think, to you. Actually, really quick, <laughs> I think that's a super interesting, uh, you know, direction to go with at least the beginning of our conversation because um, you may have experienced this at some point and, you know, obviously with your identity sort of transformation that you probably had to undergo as you exited sort of the Olympian identity into becoming a professional and just as a human being, um, you know, not to take it off too far of a tangent, but there was at one point in time, I took a, a, a meditation class and I remember going through this and I was learning about mindfulness and, and all that kind of stuff. And it was really interesting because one of the classes, one of the courses was about kind of shedding your identity. And, you know, it's interesting because everybody always asks you, Hey, you know, what do you do? You know? And it's really right. interesting because your answer is, well, you know, I'm a real estate investor, I'm a real estate broker, I'm, you know, a former Olympian or whatever it may be. And I do find it to be interesting because when you do strip away those identities, you know, who are you truly? Like, what are you mm -hmm. deep down? That's why I asked the question of like, who are you behind the bio? Because sometimes, you know, what we are, what we present ourselves to be is not the whole story. Right. And I also think it was a great thought of, you know what, you don't have to feel like you haven't arrived yourself just because other people have certain accomplishments. You probably have other accomplishments that are more impactful for your own life. And so I just thought that that mm -hmm. was an amazing way to start the conversation there. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it, uh, we all have those, we, we go into a room and we meet new people or we go listen to podcasts and we hear guests or whatever. Um, We've got all these accolades and just like, you know, everyone talks about on social media, you only put the good stuff, right? But yeah. we've all had through those accolades, like on the way to them, we've had so many ups and downs and, you know, setbacks and frustrations and insecurities. And we probably still have a lot of those. And, um, you know, it's, it's just to say that we're, we're all people. And this is something I, I'm frankly doing this almost for my benefit more than anything, just because I have to remind myself of that regularly. Cause I look around and I'm like, look at all these people selling all these houses or look at all these, you know, people buying these cool rentals. Um, and I only have a little bit. And in, when you get into that comparison mode, I think, you know, you, you really can harm your identity and yourself and then what you're going to be capable of doing um, down the line. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's <clears throat> so, so important to recognize the fact that the comparison, it's a trap. You know, if you get into that trap, it's going to lead to dissatisfaction, to unhappiness, to, you know, a lot of different negative emotions and really kind of create this life that you're not proud of. And so I definitely think that's one thing that's super important as we listen to podcasts, as we connect with others who are high performers to realize, you know what, you can utilize some things as inspiration and it doesn't have to really drag you down. But 
No, I really, yep. really appreciate that. So if you were to say, Hans, you know, if you were, you know, like as a, as you just mentioned there, everyone shares their, their highlights or their best accolades on social media or otherwise, if there was something that you would say maybe is the opposite of that for you, what would that be? What, what is something that maybe most people don't know about you, Hans? Um, well, I guess there's, there's, my mind goes to two places. One is certainly that the Olympics, uh, for a long time was a big letdown for me. In fact, I, I considered it a failure for a really long time because we got fourth and obviously that's one spot out of a medal, um, position. And we went with the intention of meddling. So we did not hit our goal. And I, I took a really long time, um, to sort of come through that with some coaching, some therapy, some really deep self-assessments about what the whole experience meant. So, um, which sort of leads me into my next thing about what you might not know about me is like, I present in a way, you know, online or in person that, you know, makes you think that I have it together and I've, you know, had all these accolades and I win, you know, first thing in the morning and don't stop until I go to bed. But, you know, frankly, that's just not the truth. Like I have, you know, self-doubt just like the rest of us. I've got um, challenges that I'm trying to overcome. I've got self insecurity issues that, you know, are still popping up from childhood or whatever. And, you know, I'm still a person who is working through that, trying to define what I want to be, who I want to be, the, you know, and what's important to me and what I can put out into the world. And ultimately, you know, I've just taken a little bit more action than many people have. And I'm, you know, have pivoted a lot along the way and learned a lot and all that sort of stuff. But I guess that's, that kind of defines maybe something that you wouldn't see if you just looked at my LinkedIn or my, uh, you know, my Instagram profile. No, that's great. I really appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, the self doubt thing I think is universal and, you know, some maybe just take action anyway. Um, but many are crippled by that self doubt and they say, well, you know, if I do this, you know, either someone else has already done this and, you know, everything's already been done. So why, why should I do it? I can't even do it better than, you know, all these other people who are doing it to the highest level. Or, you know, I, I just, I, there's no way that I could actually accomplish my goals or whatever it may be. I mean, what would you say mm -hmm. to those who are, you know, experiencing that self-doubt in their life? Is it just take action or is there anything else that you would say to that? Well, I think I was listening to Simon Sinek on a, on a podcast the other day and he brought up the idea that like there's bait, I think it was him. And if not, then I apologize to whoever I just gave credit to Simon. <laughs> but um, he basically said there's no original thought anymore. Like almost everything out there in the world with the exception of like one or two things a year is just repurposed in hmm. some way. Right. And like there are, hundreds of thousands of podcasts, you know, like people have probably talked about exactly what we're talking about right now on a hundred other podcasts, but here we are, here are the listeners, you know, checking out our version of that. And I think our or your version of it, it does make it special, different, unique, and it is valuable. I mean, you know, maybe not everybody needs to like chime into every conversation, but yeah. you know, you can bring a unique perspective just by being authentically you mm -hmm. because what you've experienced in your life is, uh, is different than what I have or what Tyler has or what anyone else has. Um, and so to that end, you know, just because it's not unique or you're not the best at it doesn't mean you shouldn't try. When I launched my show, you know, I was not a very good interviewer relatively. Like I, I think I was maybe better than most, if you even want to call it that. But then through the repetitions, I'm coming up on 50 episodes now launched and I've just gotten so much better and I've pivoted a little bit and I've asked, started to ask different questions and I'm, you know, just flow in the interview better because I've done the repetition. And so there's also an element of like, if it's something you're interested in, just try it, get content out there, you know, get some reps at it because that's the only way you're going to ultimately get good at it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, with, with that said, with you as an individual, you know, kind of coming up as a, as a, as a young man, was there a moment in time that you just kind of drew that theoretical line in the sand and said, you know what, I'm really going to take action no matter the self-doubt. I'm going to do whatever it takes to, 
you know, to live a great life or to create some form of greatness, you know, obviously to become an Olympian, you know, is a great, um, you know, accomplishment, obviously. And so it shows that you are somewhat of an uncommon individual. So I'd be curious to know, was that a moment or was it a process uh, to get you to that point? That's interesting. Um, it's interesting because my, my mind is going to a lot of different places. Um, in, I, I, there's a, there's a analogy that I'm thinking of that I think sort of sums this up a little bit and it sort of played out through my, through my life, in a, a lot of different ways, but, um, in rowing, for those of you who are not familiar with the sport, we, we sit and train on the ERG, uh, which is the rowing machine for those of you who are in the CrossFit world. Um, and that's like when we're not in the boat, we're on that machine doing a lot of different work and, and we test on that machine. So we test 2000 meter race and a 6,000 meter race. And I had my senior year, I think it was my last test of my senior year in college. Um, I came out of the locker room. I was physically ready. I was hydrated. I was all those things, but mentally I wasn't quite there. And so I sat down and I was sort of thinking like, can I fake an injury? Like that literally went through my mind and I was not on it. I just didn't have the, the mental, I wasn't clicked in from the, from the word go. And you break those races up into 500 meter chunks. And I got through about 500 meters and there was something that just clicked in my head of like, you can either be average right now, or you can, you can spend the next four minutes or three and a half minutes or whatever it is, um, fighting to be extraordinary. And I realized that that was my opportunity right then. I wasn't going to get another shot. And so I dug in and started putting up some pretty, pretty strong, powerful strokes. And by the time I, I finished or got into the last part of the race, I was projected to go, um, like 547. And for those of you who know rowing, that's a pretty fast score. Um, 550 is a pretty fast score. So I, I was beyond that. And I was just had all these people around me yelling and screaming. And I just, it, the whole thing was a blur. But by the time I was done, I was at 547, which was like the third best time in school history or something like that. And it just reinforced for me that like, you can sort of do the work and be prepared. And then mentally, if you're not totally there, um, you know, you, you get into it and just, you know, put yourself in the right place. And then when the opportunity strikes, uh, because you've been taking the action, you're in it and you're in the middle of it, you know, take advantage of it and lean into it when it's uncomfortable and, and some pretty amazing things can happen. Are you someone who's seriously looking to elevate your life, your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal opportunities, your access to opportunities, your network this year? Well, if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com because I'm currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and really you know, expand that beyond your wildest dreams and explode your business, explode your deal opportunities, explode your vision for what you're looking to create. If that's you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I really have to tell you that this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive. They're committed. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to get to where they want to be and to live a life without limits, to elevate to a life without limits, which is really what we're all about on this show. If that is you, again, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. That's super interesting. I'd love to dive super deep into the one moment that you said, look, I can either be average or I can spend the next three and a half minutes being extraordinary. I think it's really interesting because you were having this internal dialogue and this internal like negotiation. It was like, is it really worth it or is it not? And ultimately yeah. you decided that it was, I mean, was that, I mean, are we talking like your, your life flashing before your eyes here or was it just like, you know what, let's just, let's just go for it. I think for those of us who work out regularly, you always have these moments of you're in a work, like you're doing a warm up and you're not quite warm. You haven't really totally stretched out and you warmed yourself up, but you get into the workout. And once you're sort of in it, your body feels 
you know, feels warm all of a sudden because you've started to do some reps, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then it's like, there's, there were, and, and obviously I'm using the workout analogy here, but there was that moment of like, now I'm ready, now I'm warm. And when that hit, it was just, it was a moment that I recognized that I felt and I was like, this is game on, like, let's go. And, and from that point forward for like, whatever it was the next four minutes or something, it was, it was total pain cave, but it was, um, I knew that it was something special and it was going to, going to, you know, turn out in a really good way. That's awesome. I mean, what, how I would equate this is just being in the zone, right? And you can be in the zone, whether it's business, whether it's real estate, whether it's, you know, fitness or being an, you know, a, a top athlete, you know, that's why I like to ask these questions is how can we apply this in our own life to yep. be able to elevate to a life without limits? You know, how can we, you know, live this way with our family, our friends, you know, our business partners, our associates, our employees, you know, our real estate investments, our, you know, whatever it may be, you know, it's like, how can we apply this mindset, the mindset of saying, all right, you know what, I could make a few extra calls today. But, you know, do I want to be, I could either be average or I could spend the next, you know, two hours making a few more calls, whatever it may be, you know? Right. And, you know, I just was struck by, um, I'm reading Dean Graziosi's book, uh, Millionaire Success Habits right now. Good book. And yeah, and I, I, I don't know why I'd put off this book for so long, but then they just did that whole Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi training thing. So he was all over these podcasts that I'm listening to. And I was like, you know what? his message is starting to speak to me. This may be the right time to pick this book up. So, I, so I'm, I'm reading it right now. And um, he talks about the seven layer, seven level deep exercise of like, mm -hmm. ask yourself why seven times to get to like your core. And he always talks about, or he talked about the first four or five being answers from your head. But then hopefully by the end of the exercise, you get down into your heart. And I think for me, using the analogy of that rowing race that I just described, like I was in my head for 500 meters of that race. And all of a sudden, some, whatever happened, I went down into my heart of like, no, this is, you know, you've been on this team for four years. Like, this is your opportunity. You've put in the work, like let's lean in and make this happen. Mm -hmm. And, and how you get to that space. Like, I think that exercise is great. I'm going to do that actually with my wife later tonight on our date night because we're both going through some branding changes and stuff. So we're going to, we're going to do that exercise, but um, you know, how you get from your head to your heart is different for everybody. But if you can find that way and, you know, physically, you know, if you're in the gym, like getting into a place of pain so that your head can't work anymore because it's too much and you yes. just got to go. Or, you know, in the case of cold calls, like re-engaging with your goals and not only your goals, but like what your goals get you and the why behind all of that to make those mm -hmm. extra cold calls, like getting into that heart space is um, like that, that I think is the difference right there. Yeah. And even just like from a pure physiological perspective, um, like before every podcast, one of my checklist items is to get into a peak state. Like I need to get up and get the blood flowing and get moving, you know, so my mind isn't in a survival state. It's more of, Hey, you know what? I'm into my body now. I'm into, you know what? Anything is possible now. Let's create a new idea, a new possibility for someone else. And I can only do that if I can get my, my body into that, mm -hmm. you know, into that position. And so I just yeah. think it's so interesting that you can apply fitness into really anything because like, I feel like the avenue to greatness is really, it starts with your physiology, then you can get spiritual and you can get deeper into that. But I find it fascinating. Dude, I, you, you just reminded me of an, of another experience I had. So this isn't a rowing one, but it was, so when I was training for the Olympics, I was selling, uh, I sold beer for a while and then I sold solar after that. And when I was in a solar game, it was a one call close. Like you walk in and an hour or two later, you walk out with a contract or you don't. And that's, that's, you're getting paid or you're not like, that's it. No follow up allowed. Like the company does the follow up and gives it to a different person. Um, so I walked in, I did the peak state thing. I was doing a lot of like affirmations at that time. Um, and I walked in and I was just like, I, this, this is the house that needs solar. These people are ready. Like I just felt it. Right. But we were sitting down and I did the presentation. We were negotiating, we were going, going over numbers. And for whatever reason, like the math that we were trying to do wasn't making sense. And I was like, 
And I remember having this moment of like, gosh, maybe they're right. Maybe this doesn't make sense to them. And I was, and then I immediately shot back with like, no, I know for sure that this, these, this is going to work for them. And I said, this is a sale in my head. And I re I leaned back in. I said, give me a new piece of paper. And I did all the numbers all over again in front of them. And then it made perfect sense. I'm like, okay, perfect. Let's do it. And it. talk about like switching from that head to that heart space. And then obviously kind of taking the peak physiology of like, no, <clears throat> we're there. Like I can feel it. I know it's true. I know it's right. And ultimately ended up making the sale because of that, obviously. Yeah. And I mean, coming from a perspective of, Hey, I'm actually here to serve you. I'm not here to sell you a product that you don't need or want, or it's not going to help you. But coming from that perspective and everything that you do, I feel like always serves the greatest intention, you know? Agreed. So, totally. I love it. So I want to talk a little bit more about sort of, you know, as an Olympian, when you guys came back and you obviously had so much, you know, disappointment and not being a medalist. I mean, how did you rebound from that? I mean, what was, what were the lessons that you went through that really anchored into your own identity? Well, the real, um, I mean, gosh, there's, there were so, so many, um, I, I will caveat all of this is I, I saw a therapist for the better part of a year. And then I had a life coach for at least half a year after that. Um, so I got a lot of support and a lot of help plus the support of my girlfriend, now wife, you know, friends and family. And then obviously just a lot of self-talk and self-development stuff that I was doing at the time. Um, but one of the biggest things was reframing what the whole thing meant. And to me, that was ultimately realizing through my coach um, that I could let five and a half minutes of, a, of my career of 12 over 12 years define it or just be a part of it. And I was letting it define it because fourth failure, you know, the whole 12 years was a waste. Right. And then I started to, I took a step back with the, with my coach looked at, you know, the national championships I won, some of the records I set, the other, you know, national team and under 23 teams I'd been a part of, the people I had met, the places I'd traveled, all the cool, like I had pushed my body to a place that like I didn't know it was capable of going and yet here I am, like found all these new limits. Like it, how can all of that be a waste after five and a half minutes, right? So I reframed that over the course of a couple of months and ultimately decided that like, yeah, the getting forth was, was part of that story, but it wasn't the story. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And the reason why I asked that is because, you know, there's so many failures that we all experience or we, we believe are failures, you know, that we experience in our own lives and to reframe that failure as, wait a minute, well, what are all the good things that happened along this journey? You know, maybe right. that outcome wasn't meant to happen, but you know, finding, you know, new limits to expand beyond and finding yeah. new, uh, you know, opportunities to create greatness within my own fitness or, you know, building relationships with the other people on your team. I'm sure there's so many, many others, but I think it's a great reminder for us all to say, all right, well, did I reach my goal? Maybe not, but was that goal meant to be reached or were these other, you know, opportunities that have presented themselves along the way really right. kind of the interesting thing. So I, I, I find that to be fascinating. Um, tell me about, I want to fast forward a little bit uh, to today, obviously now as being sort of a top performing uh, real estate agent on, you know, one of the, one of America's top real estate uh, brokerages, you know, tell me, you know, what are you guys doing to raise the bar now? I mean, what, what, uh, what sort of tactics or strategies have you implemented recently that have really elevated your results? Well, when I joined this team just over a year and a half ago, um, I was struck by their commitment to um, the fiduciary requirements that a real estate license holds. And what I mean by that is being a real estate agent, like, yes, you are technically a salesperson. The license even says salesperson on it, but you have a requirement, legally speaking, to put someone else's interest above your own um, until it breaks the law and then you don't have to do that. But um, they, this team took that very seriously from an from a advocacy standpoint, from a fiduciary standpoint, from an advisory standpoint. 
and as a result um, has really made that a core part of our of our offering to clients when they hire us to help buy or sell a home or real estate in general. We do mostly homes, but some multifamily too. Um, it's like that is at the core of everything we do. And then I think when you do that enough times, like obviously you have to get some repetitions in on it, but when you do that enough times, it just comes back to you in spades. And so to, to answer your, your original question, like that, like it's so embarrassing to say, but like our team doesn't even have a formal outreach campaign to our database. Like we very sparingly and only recently have started posting on social media regularly. Um, we don't have any drip campaigns to any of our clients. We very rarely do client parties. We don't door knock. We don't do all that stuff. It's the care and the advocacy um, and the, and the doing right by others that has led to just such a robust referral business. Now, we just, as we were talking about, moved to Keller Williams, who has recently um, launched an incredible technology suite that is going to help us get more organized so that we can invite our, our clients to events and can keep them up to date on the real estate market and do it in a way that exudes our, our care and advocacy and our, you know, our value proposition, basically. So, um, you know, just using the the technology that we have at our fingertips, which is social media, which is an email, you know, CRM database, and then and then taking that and in, in there providing value and providing authenticity, I think is what I'm really most excited about to to move the needle on our business this year. Yeah, that's that's what excites me most about technology is to be able to layer it over already sound business practices because you can't do it oppositely. You know, if you right. if you aren't focused on the fiduciary responsibilities as a real estate brokerage company, then how is a CRM really going to help you? Because right. what kind of trust do people have? And it's so, it's a takeaway for really all of us because ultimately we're all serving a customer, a client, or what have you, maybe it's employees or whatever it is. And the answer is start there. I mean, the priority that's number one is you've yep. really got to start and do the right thing and do it from a long-term perspective and invest in those long-term relationships. And it's not the easy answer. You know, that's, no. it's, it's the hard way to do things because a lot of times it results in either a transaction not being done or, you know, a business, a recommendation to, you know, pass on a certain opportunity, which results in, you know, less, you know, commission or less fees or whatever it may be. But from a long-term perspective, that's really the only, only way to go. So I can really, really appreciate that for sure. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've literally talked people out of buying houses because I'm like, listen, the first time we met, you told me that these five things were important to you. This has none of them it's got some cool stuff, but like, let's, let's re-engage with what our goals are here. And they're like, Oh yeah, duh. Thank you. We just got caught up. And it's like, yeah. if I would have let them buy that house, cause they were ready to, um, they, we would have closed probably and then had a commission and stuff. But then would I be the guy they think to invite to the housewarming party? And then definitely when they have to sell it in a couple of years, cause it doesn't meet their needs, they're going to be like, wait a second, we told Hans this and then he yeah. let us buy this. So like, is he really our guy? Like, I don't know. And yeah, they got caught up in the emotions and then you're the guy who's keeping them level headed. So I can yeah. certainly appreciate that. I love it. Yeah. So tell me Hans as a, as an individual and somebody who's committed to their own personal growth, I mean, tell me about some investments that you've made in yourself that have really paid some dividends over the past few years. Uh, well, the first are sort of the low ticket items where I started, which is books and podcasts and then a handful of courses. Um, gosh, when I was training for the Olympics, I was told you I sold solar. So I drove a lot. And that's when I first started finding uh, podcasts. So I put a lot of podcasts on when I was driving to and from these appointments um, mindset wise. And then I bought a Kindle that, that year and started reading a lot more books and, um, all of that. I mean, I'm sure I've forgotten more than I remember at this point, but all of that time and energy putting in has transformed my mindset. No question about it. And then recently, um, I joined a mastermind, which was, a $10,000 investment in myself to be not only part of a, a group that somebody that I, uh, the guy running it is Travis Chapel, And he's the, uh, 
he's got a great podcast as well about networking and, and I've learned a ton from him, both about podcasting, but about business building mindset, etc. But the other cool part was to be around other people who are not only willing to invest that kind of money in themselves, but, but care about their businesses, um, care about their families, care about their lives. And, um, you know, I don't know what the ROI will be on that, but I can, I can almost guarantee that it's, a <laughs> um, it's going to be a good, good ROI in the long run for sure. But, um, I've done other events and other stuff like that too. And I intend to continue doing masterminds like that as well. Yeah. I was talking to another individual on the podcast recently and he, he actually mentioned that he's like, I recommend anybody to, you know, invest five to 15% of their income in their own personal growth annually. And, and I found that to be an interesting, you know, percentage. And it's, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's like, all right, just set a percentage for yourself. Right. And then also mm-hmm. some of the things that you mentioned there don't require, you know, really additional money. You know, you're talking about right. listening to podcasts and, you know, reading books and surrounding yourself with other people. And then as you continue to grow, you know, there's things that you can invest in, whether it's coaching, whether it's masterminding, and there's so many of these different options, but uh, I, I really just wanted to highlight all that. And alongside that growth, I mean, obviously you've got to be conscious about your habits and things that you're doing on a consistent basis. So, mm-hmm. I mean, are there two or three of your top habits that maybe you've had to consciously install within your life yep. that you would say are super important? Well, one of them, which you mentioned in my bio was it's not a goal unless it's written down. And, uh, right next to me on, for those of you watching on video, um, I've got my 2020 goals posted up on the, on a piece of paper. And I look at them every day when I'm sitting at this desk. And so I see them, I'm like, okay, yep, I'm doing those things. Like that's where I'm, that's where I'm excited to go. And, um, then to piggyback on that every morning I do a journaling exercise where I uh, wake up and get the dog and the green smoothie going. And then I sit down and I open up a blank page of the journal and, and write at the top um, today I'm grateful for, and then do three to five things that I'm grateful for. Could be really little things could be something cool that happened today or or, excuse me yesterday or um, something I'm really excited about for today could you know anything it just it doesn't matter it's like I have to whatever I'm excited about at the moment I don't even try and keep score of it Um, it's just whatever flows at that moment and then right below those three to five things I start writing my affirmation which for me right now is I'm a self-loving top producer who sells at least $30 million real estate a year, has a 12 plus unit rental portfolio and has a profitable podcast. And I write that down till the page is fill, filled. That's <laughs> and awesome. That's definitely something I had to install that did not come naturally. Um, it felt really forced in the beginning, but, and, and that affirmation has changed and evolved over the last year. It, Um, it used to be 20 million and I hit 20 million and then, and then I didn't, he used to have a podcast. Now I do. And you know, all of that sort of stuff. So, um, I, I I do that to like center myself and, and to try and really, you know, reinforce some of the positive self-talk and thinking, um, that I want to start my day with and go into my day with and, and just at least have an engagement with where I'm trying to go, um, at least on an annual basis in that way. No, I, I think it's super important, you know, number one, obviously to have your goals in front of you on a consistent basis, because, you know, just that consistent reminder of, Hey, what did I commit to? And then how am I structuring my activities and how am I, con- how am I, you know, taking action and, and what does my behavior look like? Is it supporting, you know, that outcome? Uh, and also I think it's so interesting. Like one thing that I'm fascinated with is like the reticular activating system, because oh, once yeah. you, you know, you, you start to pl- implant sort of, you know, goals or, or outcomes within your life and they start to show up. And it's really interesting because yeah, I mean, you got to put in the work, but also there's some synchronicities that can occur at the same time. And I just find that to be super interesting and super exciting at the same time. Yep. And uh, the first, when I first started that exercise I just described, it was, I think my affirmation was just, I'm a top producer who sells at least $20 million real estate every year. And I just wrote that a ton of times. And it was for like a month, the first month, it sort of felt weird, but I was like, I'm just going to do it. 
because I know with the reticular activating system, I'm going to find opportunities to be a top producer if I'm focused on being a top producer. So um, fast forward a month or so, uh, I started tracking my commissions and like how much I'd closed or how much I have pending and then how much, um, how far through the year we are, had a percentage going. And then I would regularly check in almost on a monthly basis. And I, my percentages of percent through the year and percent to my goal, I was like right there pretty much the entire year. So it was like 50% through the year. I'm at 48.7% to my goal, you know, 60%, I'm at 62.2 or whatever. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, this is kind of working. It's <laughs> amazing. And sometimes yeah. like, you know, as long as you can have that intention, you know, things coalesce and they, they come together, you know, that you weren't maybe aware of that would happen. And I think the other thing too, is to have faith in that outcome, you know, to put it out there and say, you know what, I'm just going to show up every single day and, and I'm going to do the right thing. And, you know, some things are going to be out of my control. Some things won't go my way. But as long as I'm consistent, because I've had similar times where it's like, hey, my goal is X, Y, and Z. And I've tracked it throughout the year. And I'll see kind of mid-year. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm way behind. But then somehow it's like these buzzer beater things happen. And I just find it to be super interesting that as long as I stay committed and I, you know, I have faith that it's still going to happen, I'm still going to show up on a daily basis. Uh, it happens. So um, I don't know. I just think goals are so powerful. And I think that what you just said there at the end that you sort of went quick on um, is super important as well, because I think we've all heard of or watched or read the secret. And it's sort of like, you know, I, if you believe it, it'll show up or whatever. And all the magic woo woo, like there's like that, what we're talking about right now can sound like that. But the thing that that movie or that book really left out is the action component like you absolutely have to show up and yeah. do stuff right yeah. like you can have an intention and that should sort of guide you and you know hopefully help your reticular activating system see the opportunities but you have to take the opportunity as well 100 percent. and um, obviously on your path of creating what you're you know the life by design that you're really creating that you've you know talked about in terms of your affirmations you know, you've obviously got to take on opportunities, but you've also got to decline other opportunities. So are there particular things in your life outside of maybe specific real estate deals or clients that you have to say no to on a consistent basis? Um, a couple little things that come to mind but can make a big compound effect is I started doing this thing where... Um, I turn all the screens off uh, from in front of my face by 9:30, and I've had a few days when I've slipped up on that. But I just have I decided that that. <laughs> that like I'm I'm cool to like be on my phone or or whatever in bed until 9:30, and then it's and then it's either I'm going to sleep or I'm going to read for a while and read a book or the Kindle because there's no light on that, right? And I've just decided that that's the thing I'm going to say no to because I I've tested it and I personally feel better when I don't when I have, you know, some time before bed without the screen in my face. And so I guess that's sort of something I say no to, but, um, you know, broadly I had, honestly, I had another opportunity like two or three, maybe four weeks ago. Um, it was sort of casually presented to join the commercial side of our business. Um, we've got a guy who's really crushing it on the commercial world and my, my, my team leader said, Hey, like, I think you could do a really good job at this, but is this, would this be of interest to you? And I really thought about it and I was like, I know, I, I think I could do good, at, good job at this, but honestly, this doesn't really align with the life to build at the moment. And so I really think I want to stay on the residential side right now and just do, you know, personal investments in the commercial world. So, um, you know, because I, I really enjoy the people I serve, the type of product we sell, um, the sort of flexibility and freedom in your day, the, the, the way that you work. Like, I, I just like all of that. And so I guess that's something recently I said no to. Yeah. And I, I always ask that question because of like more of a selfishly because like shiny object syndrome is a real thing. I mean, how many different no. opportunities are out there that's like, okay, let's just totally change the business model and go this way and, you know, or whatever it may be. So it's just, you have to say no and aligning with your values is a great reminder that really 
that you astutely just mentioned there. So uh, I love that. So, I mean, what would you say if you had to answer this philosophical question overall in terms of personal growth? I mean, why is personal growth important to you and what has it done for you in your life? Um, I mean, generally, if you're not growing, you're shrinking. I think most of us who have, you know, kids or pets or even houseplants, frankly, <laughs> like if that thing is not growing and continually to get taller or bigger or, you know, put on some weight or whatever the, you know, learn more, whatever the thing is, like it, you get concerned about it, right? It's like, what is wrong? Like, what's the soil? Are they not eating enough? Are they just messing around in school and not paying attention? Like, what's going on? And so, uh, in that vein, like, that has to, like, the same applies to you and your brain and, and your, your ability and your marketability and what value you can bring to, you know, your family, your clients, the world, et cetera. Um, so in that way, I just think you absolutely have to continue to grow and get better. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to do something every single day because there will be times when that's just not practical. But in general, always being willing to learn, to grow, to get better, to meet new people, to be open to new ideas. Like that's, that's how you become, I, that, I, I think that's how you f live a fulfilling life. So what does that mean to you? I mean, what does fulfillment mean to you? Um, to me, it's, it's reaching my potential. And I think piggybacking on the growth, on the growth thing, like if I, if, if you're not into personal development, if you're not into continuing to learn and grow and get better, you're sort of by default saying like everything I need to be 100% fulfilled is, is either immediately around me or I already know, which I think if someone said that most of us would commit them to a mental institution, right? But that's effectively what you're saying. And how could you possibly know that like the town you were born in is the perfect and best town for you or the job you started out of college is the perfect and best one if you've never even been exposed to something else. And, and so in that way, it's like if you haven't been exposed to these ideas or just, you know, pushed yourself in a new way or tried to, you know, change something or do something different or at least try um, a new way of thinking, like how could you possibly know that you're in the best space? And I, and I think that, um, I don't want to live with regret and think what, what, what could have been. And I'm inevitably there's going to be things that I'm not going to do that I wish I could have done. But I think in general, um, I want to make sure that I turn over as many stones as possible to make sure that either I am on the right path or, Oh no, there's something that I just encountered that speaks to me way louder and that is way more, um, worthy of my time. Yeah. And I'm a believer that fulfillment is different for everyone. And it sounds like for you, it's really kind of seeking and, and finding through your curiosity, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing we, we talked about the secret a second ago, the, that movie, that's one thing I think it got right was um, if they were talking about, well, if everyone just manifests what they want, won't we just be out of money or be out of stuff. Right. But that's the cool thing is not everyone wants the same stuff that you want, <laughs> you right. know, like everyone <laughs> right. wants what they want. And there's just as many people who want Tesla's as they want Ferraris to use a car example. Like, you know, there's tons of different options. Like there's just as many people who want to live in a small house as a big house. Right. So like, like to think that, you know, everybody, like there's not going to be enough. Everybody's going to want, um, the same thing as you is like, that's, that's another thing that you have to sort of expose yourself to is like your version of the world is not the same for as everybody else's. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm formed by myself and my partner, Brian Flaherty, where we invest in multifamily real estate communities across the Southeast United States. If you'd like to learn more about our approach, our mission, our acquisition criteria, and how you can learn more about future opportunities, Visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. Yeah, and going back to what we talked about earlier on the Dean Graziosi sort of seven question sort of strategy there, it's asking that question of why do I want what I want and getting deeper right. and deeper and deeper five, six, seven times. So, you know, first it's like, well, you know, I want to make, it's like, well, why do I want more real estate? Because I want more money. Why do I want more money? 
because I want to travel more. Well, why do I want to travel more? I want to experience more things. I want to taste more foods. I want to, you know, have fun. I want to have joy. Well, why do you want that? And, and going through that process and anything that you're doing and tying a purpose back to any of those activities, I think is so important and really kind of answers so many questions and allows you to chase curiosity, which to me is one of the most exciting things on the planet is yeah. because we all have a unique curiosity, you know? And it, and to, to sort of round that out, like the, the knowing of why you want something like what, what itch are you trying to scratch for yourself? Like that I also think is critically important and you're not going to figure it out right away, but it's critically important because if you start to put effort towards something, you start to get traction and then you ultimately get to where you want to go. Like you, and you just get on that hamster wheel, so to say, like there's always another deal to do. There's always another building to buy. There's always another friend to make or another networking party to go to or whatever. There's always more. And there's always someone who's doing a little bit more than you. But like, if you don't take a second to stop and think, why am I doing this in the first place? Like you'll just be on your self-made hamster wheel when, you know, if you identified like I want to travel because I have this, um, desire to to learn about all these cultures and all this sort of thing like you will get to a number of properties or a number a number of income um, that supports that and then that gives you the permission to go experience those things and then have that fulfilled life mm -hmm. and i think it's also really important to experience you know those things prior to you know reaching some massive deadline because so many people you know they 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 delay gratification which is great and i believe in delayed gratification but you also have to live now too, because I see Agreed. so many people that say, man, you know, as soon as I'm 65 and I'm worth whatever, you know, amount of money, then I'll travel and, and then I'll have this vacation home. And, you know, but now I'm just going to run myself into the ground. So I think it's a great reminder that not only can we drive for big things, but you can also live now. Well, that like I talk, my wife and I talk about this all the time. We love travel. And one of our goals is to live a month on the East coast near her parents. Cause they are in the Northeast. They have this beautiful beach in this beautiful con um, house that they've built, you know, live a month in Seattle. Like you, you like, we want to do these things and we've realized if we just wait 10 years until we're financially ready to do that stuff, it'll feel really bad and probably really foreign. And we probably won't enjoy it for a while because we'll be like, we should be working. And so now we're like, we're going to go for two weeks this summer out, out East. And we are, we planned it way ahead. We're bringing our dog. Like we're just going to start building the muscle now in a smaller dose so that as we start to get the passive income going, we start to get all the things that we want. It's like very natural to go do that and enjoy it at that time. But you know, obviously don't bite off more than you can chew and leave for six months and yeah. expect your job to be there or whatever right. yeah, without yeah, setting up the systems. But be yeah. practical, but also take steps, you know, that may feel a little bit uncomfortable now to kind of put you in that environment. Because I believe in surrounding yourself in the environment in which you're striving for, you know, at least from small doses, because then your mind and your, your soul has a taste of that. And it says, now I'm ready, you know, for that, you know, sooner. And uh, I love that thought. So that that's awesome. Uh, any, uh, I wanted to, um, I wanted to transition into our rapid fire section. So I want to be respectful of your time. And uh, we call this the rare air questionnaire. And really mm. what this is all about is about scaling to the mountaintop, you know, and, and looking across the valley and saying, look, we've got five more mountaintops to, to climb there. We're going to continue to push the limits. And many people have given up, but we're going to continue to push through that discomfort and that mind, you know, that says, hey, look, I'm either going to be average right now or I've got three and a half more minutes here to be extraordinary. And uh, we're going to push those limits here. So, so Hans, I'd love to know, we've talked a little bit about books and reading. Um, are there two or three, you know, books that have been super impactful to you along your journey? Uh, one of them is uh, Thinking in Bets by Annie Duke. She is a uh, professional poker player, has won, I think, like $6 million, something crazy like that. And, um, she is, uh, she talks about not judging a decision based on the outcome and more the way, the way you made the decision. Um, so 
for those of us who are, um, you know, focused on outcomes, like that's great, but basically the, the way you made it, the way that you can repeat it and do it again and again, um, regardless of the outcome is really the key. And that sort of spoke to my, uh, my Olympic journey. So that's one that was impactful. And the one I'm reading now is really cool as well. Dean Graziosi's Millionaire Success Habits. Um, but then the third one is that I read with my wife just a month or two ago is a Millionaire Fast Lane. And I, for the life of me, uh, uh, MJ DeMarco wrote that one. We've had a lot of people talk about that book, uh, Millionaire Fast Lane. So we will definitely put links into the show notes here of Thinking and Bets, uh, Millionaire Success Habits, which I've read as well and I highly recommend, and Millionaire Fast Lane. So thank you for sharing that. I just think books are really, it's kind of like, man, there's so many opportunities to create more in your life, to design your life the way that you want it. Um, right. So many insights that uh, I think if you're not reading, you should definitely be on that, uh, that bandwagon here as soon as possible. Um, so tell me, you know, beyond everything that we've talked about today, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? Well, definitely my morning routine and what I'm doing right now is really just working through um, that, that seven layers of why uh, thing that I was st- uh, talking to you about. I'm really trying to get clear on what I want at a, at a really core heart level um, because I'm, I'm, as I mentioned, going through a bit of a rebrand, I'm kind of thinking about my lead generation website, like all this social media presence, all this stuff. And I, and I was thinking that I needed to get a tactic or a strategy or a marketing campaign together. And then it would just all sort of fall into place. But what I've realized is that when I'm authentic to me and then I'm really, you know, loving myself and loving the person that I'm becoming and the stuff that I'm going for, like the rest of it will start to fall into place. And so the exercises I'm going through just around identifying what that actually means for me, um, number one puts me in a position where I'm like, yes, I can actually control this. I'm, I can totally make this happen. And two, I think it just makes you more authentic and relatable and makes the rest of it pretty obvious what kind of content you should put out and record and all that stuff. Yeah. Being authentic to yourself is a great reminder for all of us. And you know, you, you are the only person that's you, right? So you can tell, I don't know about you, but I can feel when I'm out of alignment with who I really am, when I'm making a decision where I'm, you know, doing something that is not who I am and I can feel it in my body. So it really resonates with me. The fact that you're talking about getting into your heart and out of your mind because your mind will say, Hey, well, this makes sense financially and we need to do this and this works. And I've seen this work other places, but does it actually align with how you feel in your heart Mm -hmm. and your gut and your soul, your infinite intelligence, so to speak. So that that's awesome. So what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you? Well, my podcast is certainly one of those things you've been a guest on that. So thank you for your contribution there. Um, But I, I really enjoy the conversations I've had there and hopefully a lot more people are getting value out of those episodes. Um, But generally I think the way that I elevate people around me is by um, like we talked about being authentic to myself in a given scenario, like in a team meeting, if I, if I have an opinion, I will, I will give it respectfully of course, but I will give it. And I think ultimately if I wasn't, you know, speaking up or, or with a client saying like, Hey, I don't know if this is the right house for you because of this or this or this, like just being bold in those moments and being willing to sort of, you know, open the kimono, so to speak, and just say, I'm going to, I'm going to take a stand on something and I'm going to get a little vulnerable and I might get shot down. But I'd say almost every single time I've done that, I, I haven't, uh, haven't received a negative bit of feedback from it. And most people are grateful that I brought it up. Being bold, taking a stand, um, you know, saying what's on your heart, being authentic to yourself. I mean, so many great takeaways here. Hans, this has been a ton of fun. Is there any, any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd leave Elevate Nation with? Yeah, whatever, whatever it is that you're looking to do, um, break it down into small steps. You know, whether if you're trying to lose 30 pounds, if you're trying to make a million dollars, if you're trying to build a rental portfolio, like that's the mountain, right? So like, let's just try and figure out like, how do we get to the first thousand feet? 
And that could be start listening to uh, an hour of podcasts a day about real estate investing, or that could be reading a book a month or something. Like do the small things and set those goals first with the idea that it's going to take you up to the top of the mountain. I love it. I could not have said it better myself. You know, sometimes you look at that mountain and it's so overwhelming, but breaking it down into those small actionable steps on a daily basis and then breaking it down to your habits. You know, how can you install the appropriate habits that can really do the heavy lifting for you? In addition to reminding yourself on a daily basis, like what are those goals? And I mean, Hans, you have uh, really shared with us so much wisdom today. I really, really appreciate you taking time to be on the show. How can Elevate Nation stay following you along your journey? Yeah, man. Um, my website is hansstrazina.com. I'm, like I said, going through a bit of a rebrand. So if you visit it and it's, you know, pulled apart, please forgive me. Give me, give me a month or so and it'll be better. Um, but socially, uh, Chief Sna is my Instagram handle, S-N-A-H. And then obviously I've got my podcast, Another Way to Play. Yes, I highly recommend you reach out to Hans and follow him. Definitely check out Another Way to Play. Maybe even check out the episode with yours truly there. I had a lot of fun with that. And, That's a pretty uh, good one, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, this is, this is a great interviewer here, so I definitely have a lot to learn from him. And uh, definitely, you know, I want to encourage Elevate Nation to really re-listen to the show. We always talk about it. Repetition is an important, you know, habit to really install in your own life and listen and take notes. And obviously you got to take massive action, but how do you take that massive action? You've got to brainstorm, you got to prioritize, you got to put it on the schedule, literally get your Google calendar out and put it on the schedule. What are you going to take action on? Find leverage. What other resources do you need? Do you need an accountability partner? Do you need to post your goals in front of you? And then take action and course correct. I think those are really some, some simple steps to how you can take action. But you know, beyond that, you know, with this show, if you would share it with a friend and you know, the teacher is who learns the most, you know, share this with someone else, pay it forward and allow them to kind of pay it forward as well. But you know, uh, with that said, Hans, this has been a ton of fun. I really, really appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, man. To all your listeners, pick one of those things and attack it and get after it. And, uh, yeah, look forward to, or thank you for being, having me on the show and look forward to connecting with you in the future. Absolutely. Elevate Nation, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.